for Facebook and everybody else to pick up here. And there we are. Now we are live on all of our little, <clears throat> oh, it's saying I'm on PNW Backstories. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, I don't know how that works, but anyway, hi guys, how are you? Good to see you on here. Um, uh, just uh, in the middle of my day. And I thought, uh, man, I wanna have a little conversation um, with you guys. I'm looking over here on Facebook. I don't know how this, it's also kind of a chance for me to figure out how this works and what goes on with this thing. But I was listening to a podcast this morning and it was really good. I was running and life's just been kind of weird lately. I mean, I, can any of you relate? Um, just kind of, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, just, I don't, people just riled up. Um, I had some fake account like i haven't seen those before <laughs> oh, God. i have so many fake accounts i think i've had 20 uh fake accounts with my picture on them reported to me today from different people i'm used to that i get tired of it but um i'm used to that um what i'm not used to is the the uh well howdy over there um what is it somebody comes on what well, here in montana um property values have been going up super high. And um, so I went on and said that mine doubled because it made sense to me in my head. I'm not a math guy. And, but it went from 2,500 to 5,000 a year. <laughs> that sounds like double to me. But if you look it up, it's really not. So I looked in Google and it's really not doubled. So um, I had to correct that. But somebody came on, on YouTube and said, uh, just like you liar, <laughs> you know, you said yours doubled and they only went up 53%. Well, it went up, up $2,500. I used to pay $2,500 and went up another $2,500. I had my term wrong. And I said, well, thank you. I did look it up and you're right. But why did you have to be such a bitch? Because <laughs> I made a mistake. We have no... We have no room for people to give anybody any any stretching room or anything like that. And um, and I do appreciate them correcting me. I just could have used without the liar, like I'm doing this on purpose to make it sound worse than it is. For my taxes to go up $2,500, I don't know how much worse it can be than that. <laughs> I'm paying 53% for schools. Um, and yet some of my neighbors are paying 47%. So I have a meeting with the uh, county commissioners uh, so they can explain to me how that's fair when me and my neighbors who live on the hill um, and most are retired or don't have any children are paying uh, two three thousand dollars more for schools uh, than people who live in town so I would like some answers that's just kind of the kind of guy I am I want to know what's going on with that so anyway, that's going on in, in towns in Montana and uh, it's actually going on everywhere. Uh, property values are through the roof and same things happening in Oregon and Washington and uh, you can't get away from it. But so that's been kind of stressful just going, God, you know, when you plan on coming into something and you're, you have a certain amount you're paying, you think you're paying and then you find out it's more and I get kind of, I get kind of ugly, you know, it just makes it kind of hard. But anyway, I'm listening to this podcast this morning and there's an older guy and he's like, he studies the brain. It was on um, Andrew Huberman. Um, I think it's called the Huberman, Huberman Lab. I think that's the name of his podcast. It's really good. Um, but he had this gentleman on who studies the brain. And they get to the end, like last 40 minutes of the podcast. And the guy's um, basically um, 
been diagnosed with a cancer that he's going to die. Townsend's getting hard to live in. It wasn't so stubborn and resilient. It would have been pushed out by now. Well, yeah, it's getting really, everywhere's getting expensive to live in. So anyway, this guy, um, he's, uh, he's going to die. So he was diagnosed two years ago with a rare form of heart cancer. I mean, super rare. Like they don't even have studies to look at what happens. They got, the doctor just had to make a guess and said, he's going to die. So the, the Andrew Huberman was asking this gentleman questions and it was really poignant about, um, you know, the end of your life and about dying and, and all this. And the man's talking and he's like a scientist. So he's very regimented, you know, until he gets to this and he starts to getting cracking his voice is cracking and I got my sunglasses on and I'm running cause it's beautiful out. And all of a sudden I'm just sitting there kind of crying um, and thinking about my own life. And, you know, cause I guess, I guess lately I've been kind of wondering what am I doing? You know, I mean, how am I providing any value um, to the world? And so when I'm sitting there thinking about it, cause you know, I had cancer in 2010 and I knew I wasn't going to die, but I was just a, I just didn't want to live my life. Um, always wondering if cancer is going to come back and you do, you can't help it. That's, I mean, I don't think about it all the time, but at least once a year when you go for your checkup, you do. So he was talking about his life and what a great life he had. And, all of a sudden, it kind of made me start thinking about my own life and thinking, maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. Um, you know, I think I'm getting so down on myself or just my value or, or something. I don't know. Man, I've, it's like he said, you know, about his own life. Seriously, if I found out I was going to die tomorrow or something, I mean, I've had a really good life. And... I need to remind myself of that. I mean, I sit here and I think of the stories and people's lives that I've done stories on and people that have let me into their lives, even if it's just for an hour and a half to interview them. Um, I feel like I've stepped into, into kind of sacred territory with people and they let me do it. They let me in to do that. In the big picture of the world, you know, is it change the world? I don't know, but maybe that's not my job. Um, maybe it's just to, to live your life the best that you can. I mean, I'm a, tr a strong believer in that we all have a story and, you know, our own story to tell. And, and, and I think far too many of us allow other people to tell our story for us or tell us who we are. And I think I did that as a kid. And that's why I'm so sometimes just obnoxious is because nobody's going to tell me how to live my life again. And, um, you know, and I know some of my friends and people get tired of um, when I see something wrong that I think is wrong. Um, when I see people being silenced and um, it or or when I believe something to be true, I'm going to stick up for that. And you can do your own. I mean, you could I'm not going to pick on you because you have a different idea or opinion. But don't tell me that I have to be silent about something. And I feel like we live in a world now where that's just amazing. It is, you know, I, I, 
I have a couple of guys on my, um, if you ever want to have fun, go join my website, rickdancer.com, my, my webpage. And I got a couple, three guys, and I know they're not on here because I blocked them on all of my social media channels because they're just big pains in the ass. And people, they get, people tire of them because they're so horrible. And, and all they can do is try to put words in my mouth. And that is, I don't know about you, but do you? Have, that is one of the things that is like such a trigger for me is when people try to say, like this lady on the YouTube comment or person, I don't know what it is. Um, but the person on the on the YouTube comment saying, you know, you you don't have to lie about it. I wasn't lying about how much my taxes went up. I made an error. But assume we go right to lying. So putting words in people's mouths. And I just can't stand that. And we live in a culture that does that consistently with people. Oh, because you because you think Joe Biden is a horrible president, which I do, then automatically I'm a Trump lover. <laughs> You know, you can't make that leap, but we do and we allow it and we just say, okay, that must be what it is because this is this, then that is that. And if it came down to right now, Trump and Biden, I, I'd vote for Trump in a heartbeat only because I saw what he did to the, for the country before. And I see what Joe Biden's doing for it now. That's my reason. It's not because I love him. I think he's kind of an idiot. <laughs> he says, oh, God, I heard him on an interview the other day. And I was like, it's just as a news guy, I'm sitting here going, can't say that. You shouldn't say that. That was a dumb thing to say. You know, this um, it's 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 I, yeah. Matt says over here, so polarizing. Can't they both be terrible? <laughs> yes. Then, but it's what I find so funny, Matt. Not funny. It's not funny at all. But we live in a country where the best we can find is two old white guys in their 80s to be president. Um, it, it's like, you know, I mean, you got one guy who, Trump, who says, you know, the weirdest things that, and it's all about me. I, 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 <laughs> you know, what I did. I learned in television, you never say I, you try to say we, what we did. Because it wasn't just him. He had staff, chief of staff, other people working with him. But but then you have Biden who can't even create a sentence and doesn't know what's going on. The world's in turmoil. And still you got 32, only 32 percent um, in the latest. And that was a New York Times polls for those of you who are like, where'd you get your stats? I need to know who gave you your stats. The stats came from the New York Times and only 32. I think it was 30, maybe 39. I don't know. It's under 40 percent of people. No, it was it was the question was who of Democrats who thinks he should run. And only 25% of them said that they even want him to run for president. That means 75% of the Democrats in this poll didn't want him to run. Now, here's my question, though. Who in the hell are those 25%? <laughs> I mean, what, what is going on with them? <laughs> I mean, are you not paying attention? And I know people like to stick their head in the sand and, oh, we don't want to talk about presidents and or, or, or politics or we don't want to, but good God, we have to talk about this stuff. It's ruining our country. So we have to figure out why, why is it that we can't go for somebody younger, new, different, you know, uh, Kennedy came up and, um, you know, and he's still a viable candidate out there. What, what I find funny is though, the Democrats are scared to death of him. Now the Republicans are scared to death of him. And it's like, 
you know, they're all running and, and we got to get him out of there. Got to get him out of there. Yeah. Would hate to have a 70 year old man in the run in the race. Still a white guy. Good. I mean, can't we find somebody of, you know, uh, there's so, a woman, somebody who's, I mean, I think we should be looking at qualified candidates. I'm not one of those people who thinks, oh, we just got to get a woman to get a woman, but there's plenty of very intelligent women out there that could run this country, but we can't get anybody past the starting gate. So anyway, I digress. I went back, I was back at the running and this old guy who doesn't know when he's going to die is talking on this podcast. And I'm just like sobbing as I'm running because I'm thinking, Rick, you, you have got to figure out how to get past, um, how to stay involved, but not be, don't devolve into involved. Um, I don't know if I can ever not take things personally um, because I've lived my life in the public eye. Yes, I'm 64 years old and I was counting up the other day. Since I was 25, I've been in the public eye since I was 25. So what is that? I don't know. I don't do math well. Remember the YouTube person just got me for that. Um, that's a ton of years. And, you know, every, I, I mean, I think every experience has been, you know, when I was first in television, you, you, um, <clears throat> you know, you lived and died by the ratings. So if people didn't like you, you were, you, you'd lose your job. So that was kind of built into my thing. Then I ran for public office and people just automatically hated me because at that time I was a Republican. Um, so they automatically didn't like you. And then, you know, everything was, it's been going downhill for a long time <laughs> or uphill, I guess, depending on how you look at it. The more honest I've become about what I believe um, is um, the more people have hated me, which is really interesting. And I, if I go back and look at when it first started, the first stuff started and it's all cultural hate and cultural messaging. So when Eugene started getting overrun with um, um, lawless people, and some of them were homeless too, but they started creeping into the town. And I started speaking out about it with, with a, a local restaurant owner because his restaurant was getting torn apart by these people. And then the, the visceral, snotty nastiness that came out where all of a sudden overnight I became anti-homeless, which is 100% not true. I think people who are anti-homeless are city leaders and people who refuse to do something to get these people off the streets because that is inhumane to let them stay on drugs and, and exist on the streets of the town. And it doesn't take into consideration all the taxpayers and business owners and people who live there who want a livable city and they don't have one because there's feces and garbage and shit all over the whole state of Oregon. Um, and so I started speaking out about that and I started losing people, um, started getting angry with me, but it was true. So I didn't care. I mean, I cared, but you know what I mean? It wasn't enough that I was going to be, um, pretend like it wasn't existing. And then the second one was COVID. Um, when COVID came along and, you know, Kathy and I behaved for a while and then we started putting the facts together and looking at stuff and we didn't agree with culture. So I didn't go out and tell people they shouldn't do anything. It wasn't, a, it wasn't my business, but it wasn't their business what I did. And everybody came after me. 
not everybody, but a bunch of people. And they do that so that you have to be silent. And then we come into, and, and then Trump was in there somewhere too. I never spoke out for Trump or against him. I didn't care. Um, now I care because I've seen the difference between what he did to the economy, energy, independence, uh, world stature, you know, because he was so nuts. People were afraid of him. Biden, nobody's afraid of Biden. That's why I've got three countries in war. Um, and but people don't they don't put any of this together. They just um, and then I hear I love the people that come in and say, oh, Trump showed us he was horrible because he taught the world. He divided us. No, I think he just gave a voice to a bunch of people that felt like for decades they never had a voice. Um, I had a voice, but there's a group of people out there that didn't. And so then they he had a nerve with people and they didn't know what to do with that. And so they got scared. I mean, I remember when he got elected. I mean, there's people that I knew that were really good friends of mine that were coming to the, you know, the gym the next morning and crying. And I'm like, what are you crying for? Didn't you hear? And I'm like, what? They said, Donald Trump was elected. And I'm going, you're crying because Donald Trump, because you didn't, you don't like who was elected to president. Oh my God. There are parents out there right now who found out their son was killed in a drunk driving accident. They have a reason to cry. There's people who just diagnosed with terminal cancer. They have a reason to cry. But because your candidate for president didn't win, you're crying. Oh, my God. Get a grip. I mean, I didn't cry when with people I voted against won. <laughs> it's like it's unbelievable to me. Um, and then we just have allowed that to happen and continue. And then, you know, I mean, I've lost so many people that were friends of mine. And it's unfortunate. Um, and uh, yeah, somebody over here says uh, the media made him scared. The media is a big part of this. And I was in it, so I know. I mean, I was there. I wasn't there when the COVID happened. But, um, you know, they, they are not acting like traditional journalists. You don't take a side. You don't get to decide whether Donald Trump is good or bad or Joe Biden is good or bad. I'm not a journalist anymore. I can do that. I'm an opinion person. Um, but as journalists, they're supposed to give both people a fair shake, and they have not done that. I mean, look at what's going on right now um, with COVID. They didn't they didn't take it and ask any hard questions. They just took whatever the government put out on its teat and they sucked the milk right out of it. And that's not a journalist. That's a public relations person. So anyway, um, I'm running around the pond. I got tears in my eyes and I'm crying and and I'm thinking, you know what, Rick Dancer, you've had a great life and you need to remind yourself of that every day. And when people come after you, you need to remember um, that what you see right now is not necessarily what's really going on. Um, and it's, it's, it's just really difficult on some of those days uh, to do that. But I'm thinking, God, I just want to focus on it, it, that's the hard part. How do you focus on being positive when the world is so negative and you want to call it out? And I mean, some people think it's easy because, okay, so you, you agree with the cultural narrative. I, I don't, you know, um, good public relations in the industry today. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't agree with the current narrative going on here, then you're Satan. That's how people act that you are, you know, and, and then I had somebody coming on because of the Israeli-Palestinian thing. I'm very, I'm very supportive of what Israel's doing because Hamas is a terrorist organization. 
and they went in and started this. And now people are like, you know, coming down on, and they're, you know, to me, so somebody comes on and says, you need to educate yourself. And I wanted to laugh and go, oh my God, I, you go, you go look at the history of how this started, where it has come, um, who gave what to whom, um, and all that, and then come back with me and, and, and do that. Um, but I find that a lot with people um, in the current cultural narrative um, world is um, there's a lot of, they don't have to show where they got their facts, but they sure as hell want you to show where you got yours. And, um, and that's just a way of shutting down conversation a lot of times. Sometimes it's not, but, some, but a lot of times it is. Um, or they want to discount it credit because if I got something, if I got something from the New York Times, oh, like the, the recent poll that, oh, okay, well, that probably is true, but then they'll find reasons that it's not. But if I got something from Epic Times or, um, oh, God forbid it was Fox News, <laughs> then it's got to be jaded and it's got to be wrong. But then the same thing happens on the right where people hear MSNBC or CBS or ABC or something, and they say, oh yeah, there's traditional media. So where does this all go? Well, anyway, my point was that um, I'm trying to find a way to live in the middle of this, these two worlds. And I don't know how successful I'm being. Um, you know, nobody wants to be hated, but you know what? I can tell you what, what feels, what feels worse than being hated is not being true to what you believe. Because I did that for a lot of years in news. I mean, I made excuses and I found ways around it. You know, oh, I'm helping tell their story or something. But I mean, I'm not overly proud of everything, you know, that I was, that I did or had to do or to keep my job did. Um, you know, it wasn't anything illegal, but it, you certainly couldn't go in and say, you know, you're being biased about this issue. Um, I remember, you know, back in the day, and, and I'm a guy who believes, I think abortion's wrong, but it's legal and people that need make that decision, that's their business. Your body, your choice. I believe that 100%, but I also believe it for myself. So if I don't want to take a vaccine, then you get to shut up and it's none of your business. Um, if you have an abortion, it is none of my business, but I still think it's killing. And, you know, there's certain circumstances where it has to be done. Um, but that's still my opinion. But why can't I have that opinion? That doesn't mean it invalidates yours. It doesn't invalidate your ability to, and, and right now it's still legal. Um, and so um, I'm not out there fighting you so you can't do what you want to do. But because that's censorship. And for me, the two biggest issues in, in life are freedom and censorship right now. And um, if we stop people who disagree with us from talking, um, then we're just living in an echo chamber. And where, where's that going to get us? Um, I don't know. It's tough, but it, but the, but it felt good after this run to just kind of sit in my truck and cry a little bit and say, you know, Rick, if you die tomorrow, you had a good run. 
And, um, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, God has a plan and he's going to do what he is going to do. And I, I, he doesn't do anything out of my will. I have, I, I get to choose to participate in that. But, um, I think it's really easy to get kind of sucked into the garbage and you know what I mean? I mean, I just, I just right now on my phone while you guys are on that one, mortgage rates just plunged. Well, yeah. And then tomorrow it'll be there. They're back up. I mean, we're living in really uncertain times right now where you don't know, you know, is, is my retirement going to be enough? Is this going to last? Um, what's going to happen? And then I think for me, what's bothersome, honestly, if I'm really honest about it, is the number of people who just don't seem to give a shit and don't pay attention and just want it to go away because it's not going to go away. I'm reading a book um, about the Salem witch hunts. Um, and uh, it is really powerful. I mean, you see how screwed up life was then. <laughs> it reminds me honestly of right now. I mean, they were, people were walking around scared to death and wouldn't say anything because they might get accused of being a witch. And I think that's where we, that's what it's like right now living in America. If you don't do pronouns or you don't think that um, everything under the trans label is good, um, like I'm talking about children, if you're an adult and you wanted that, that's all your business, but, but, but under age and kids under 18, um, you know, they can't vote. And they, they prove that the, your brain isn't fully developed here, 21 or so. Um, and I don't have the facts for that. I don't know where I got that number. So you can discount it all you want. Um, but, you know, but if you disagree with that, um, then all of a sudden you're a hater or an anti-trans or anti-this. And that's just not true. But that's the witch hunts. So then they, it's, 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 it's get people out. Oh, you voted for Trump. Oh, then you must be this, or you voted for Biden. You must be this. And, um, how do you end that? I honestly don't know if you can, I don't know. Um, but personally for me, I just want to find a way where I can live on that edge and not get sucked in. And I guess the biggest point of, doing this right now is just, I needed to just vent a little, get it out of there and, um, remind myself, um, that this is my story and I get to write it the way I want to. And, um, participation of other people is good. I have, I already have an editor, so I don't need you to edit my story. My editor is, uh, up there. Um, I have a producer, um, but I'm not going to be told what to think or what to do. And I'm not going to shut up because you don't like what I'm saying. So I guess those are the ground rules, you know, but also I'm going to remind myself every day that you've had a hell of a life. And, um, and we don't, I don't think we get to know till this life is over what that was all about and what that meant. It's just kind of what I think. Um, tonight, we have a really good show coming up. Um, and um, uh, it's a new brewery in Three Forks that we found. Um, we talked to the brewer, Nicholas, 
and so cool things about the building and the owners of the place too. And I think you really enjoy it. And then we'll have Bill London doing news, crazy news from Oregon. Um, and um, uh, Becky, you don't have to worry. I will never shut up. Um, you know, and it's hard because I think there's people in my life that think I should just shut my big fat mouth and, and go away. That's kind of not how I've lived my life. And I can't see doing that now. You know what I, I if, you know, do you ever have days? I have days when I lay in my bed and I think, what would life have been like without the pandemic? What if we never as a culture had that happen? Um, where Ellen, it'll be on here. I'll have it on Instagram eventually, but it'll be on live on my Facebook pages, rickdancer.com, uh, YouTube at rickdancertv. Uh, at six o'clock Montana time, five o'clock Oregon time. But where would we have been without the pandemic? I probably would have had a lot more of my old life back, but maybe it's a good thing that I don't. Maybe the pandemic was a good thing in terms of making us look at ourselves and our culture and all the bullshit for what it really is. You know, maybe that's the thing that it showed us. I think it did a lot to show people what their kids were learning and not learning in schools. I think it screwed the schools the most and they kind of deserved it because, you know, they all shut down. They shouldn't have the statistics and research shows that wasn't effective. Wasn't, they weren't going to be effective and they pushed it. The unions pushed it and they screwed themselves because now people saw how much they don't need. They want to educate their kids in different ways. You're seeing a school choice come up everywhere. I mean, they screwed themselves, but so did a lot of other people. I think people aren't sitting around waiting for county commissioners and, and uh, whoever to tell them, here's what we're going to do. People are much more apt to say, no, here's what you're going to do because you work for me. Um, I get told all the time I ask too many questions. You know, Becky, you just keep asking questions because my parents were like teachers and my dad was a speech teacher and he always said, there's no such thing as a dumb question. And uh, my grandma used to say that too. And so you guys are working on generational bondage <laughs> when it comes to me. Um, there is no such thing as a dumb question. And, you know, even when you go out and you say something and it's wrong, um, like I did with saying my taxes double, because it seemed to me that it was double, but I'm, I was wrong. It actually went up 53%. Um, it's twice as much as I used to pay. So that's what I should have said. I'm paying twice as much this year as I did last year. That would have been accurate. And so doubled kind of fit in that. But I apologized. I said I was wrong. So you can ask questions and be corrected. And that's okay. Sometimes it stings, but it's okay. But um, if somebody tells you to be quiet, tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, seriously. Um, and if some, if you make people uncomfortable because you're asking questions, oh, well. Because maybe they should be asking questions. Maybe they should be looking at what's going on around them. Maybe they should be saying, you know, perhaps this is hurting people more than it's, it makes me feel so fuzzy and warm and good. But maybe this is actually bad for our, our country and our population. Um, and, and maybe when they're, I'm a big believe, maybe when they're saying, 
accusing you of not doing this or that or not doing your research. Maybe it's because they aren't. Could be. You just never know, do you? Um, so anyway, um, it's my Friday. I just wanted to talk to you guys. I haven't done lives like this without all the stuff, you know, like shows and stuff. And I didn't have any advertisers and I thought I can just say what I want on here and that's perfectly okay. So, um, anyway, um, go, we all have a story that we're creating right now in our lives and you can edit things out and you can put things in, but it matters what you conclude in your story. And the more odd characters you can put into your story, the more character development will happen to you. An interesting story is not one that goes well. An interesting story is not one that goes smoothly. An interesting story is one that has drama, fear, scared, um, um, sadness, introspection, um, desperation, anger, frustration, tears. But we all want a story that looks good to everybody else. just doesn't work that way. When they read back your story, what will they say about you? Did he or she live authentically? Or did they do what everybody wanted them to do? What did they do when it was hard? Did they hide it? They share it? Did they live it? When I found out I had cancer, I was scared. I was really scared. My dad used to say that cancer is the worst thing that can ever happen to you. And when you say that to a little kid, you don't just wipe it out of your head. It turns out, cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I, I, I found out that I was way more than I thought I was. I found out that I was stronger than I ever imagined I could be. I realized how much God loved me. It was allowing this to happen so that I could be me because I was being somebody else. I had years of teaching me how to be Rick Dancer and Ricky Dancer got lost. He got lost in the shuffle. So on the days when it's hard and I don't know where it's all gonna shake out and when your dreams are, you know, kind of shattered, shattered and, and, um, doesn't really make sense. Um, take deep breaths. I ask God, what do I do? Um, and you just keep grinding. Yeah, man, it's not easy, is it? Uh -uh. 
I don't know. I, but you know what? If I go in and I think, do I want an easy life? Sometimes kind of. But do I want a life where I'm not growing and learning and being challenged? Good God, I'm 64 years old. I hope I'm still doing this. Not this, but still asking these kind of questions of God and people when I'm 84 or 94. And if I die before that, I will know that I had one hell of an amazing life. Yeah, good sailors are not made on calm seas. Yeah. And Matt, you know, <laughs> I know, you know, I know, you, I know part of your story. So anyway, um, I'll quit rambling. And for those who've been writing me going, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm okay. This is just part of who I am. I'm like kind of a, a, a depressing person sometimes. And it's when I do my best thinking is when I get down in those dark places sometimes. And I'm not in a dark place right now. I'm really doing better, but um, dark is not bad. It's not a, it's, um, I don't want it. I don't look for it. But when I'm there, I kind of move around. Um, and, uh, you know, here's the thing I can say. I know what helps me get out. The other day I was at the gym, our new gym here in Montana. And uh, I've made some really nice friends, really good, good people, good, solid people, you know. Because I miss my friends in Oregon and stuff. But these people are starting to warm up and they, I can flip them shit and tell them, you know, I, can, I tell them I love them because I'm being mean to them and they know what that means. And if any of you have ever been like one of my close friends, you know what that means. Um, if I ever stop being mean to you <laughs> or teasing you, that's what I mean. Not mean, but if I ever stop teasing you, it means I don't really like you anymore. <laughs> um, and these people, um, I was kind of in a weird mood and I walked in and all of a sudden they all just came up and people were hugging me and fist bumping and, and talking and I realized no, I'm home. You know, this town I live in right now is probably not going to be my permanent home. But Kathy and I are kind of at the assumption that maybe we don't have a permanent home. Maybe we find a place that's small, uh, put some of our stuff in it, get a van, a sprinter van, make it into a podcast studio. And we travel the country and find people like you. Regular, real people to show the world what life really looks like. That's our dream. That's where we're going. Now, how we get there, I don't know, take sponsors and all those kind of things, but that's the current idea. Because Abraham was a wanderer, Moses was kind of a wanderer, um, not kind of, he was. Um, I don't know, maybe, Maybe planting our, and some of us, I don't think everybody, some people need to plant and some people need to sow. I think for Kathy and me, we just have roots that don't, um, that they just don't, 
maybe our roots grow in a potted plants, potted soil plant thing that can be carried from place to place. I don't know. But we're all different and God creates us for different reasons. And um, yeah, on the road with Rick and Kathy Dancer, podcasting, shooting videos of amazing people in little towns in Iowa and Arkansas and Louisiana and Texas and New Mexico and New England and Maine, um, you know, and just telling the real, let you tell the real American story, not the story we see on the news or in magazines, but real people um, doing real stuff, having real pain, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, your, your vines keep growing, yeah. All right, well, thanks. You guys were my therapist tonight. <laughs> it really did feel good hearing that old man on the podcast and just being able to cry, like running in the pond with sunglasses on, sun beating down on you, the river next to you or the lake and just sobbing your way through. And, and I was sobbing tears of, of happiness, like, cause I have a good life. I have really great stuff going on. Um, it's just hard right now. There's some really hard stuff going on right now. That's stuff that we're insecure where you don't know, you know, it's like you've kind of partially planted your feet and then God's pulling those roots up. So they're exposed almost like a tooth. So there's some pain there. Um, and your temptation, this is a really good analogy. It's like, You've been you've been uprooted a little bit, but your your roots are still in there. And the temptation is you want to grow back down in it and just settle in and go. I just want everything to be comfortable again. I just want everything to be like this. And God's going, no, 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 no. Hold on, I'm I'm moving you. But God, can you know? Can we take the whole house and stuff with us? I mean, what are we taking with us? No, no, no. You got we got to get rid of stuff because when you pull it up, you lose some of the dirt and you get rare raw roots. And then you have to carefully replant those. And if we're going to replant them in a traveling kind of thing, um, that's like a whole new thing out of my realm. And I don't know how to do that. So it is funny, though, he's bringing people into my life that can probably show me. Um, so. <laughs> I'm a weird little fucker, aren't I? <laughs> Yeah, my poor parents. You know, I was a shy kid. I used to, my twin sister had to take me to kindergarten every day. And then she reminded me, I've totally forgot about this, that we had our kindergarten rooms were right next to each other and they had to leave the door open between the two so Judy could sit in the room. And when I'd get upset, cause I'd be freaking out and I'd look over and she'd go, it's okay, Ricky, we're gonna be okay. And then, <laughs> That was me as a kid. And um, doesn't matter where you start, God has a plan. He's going to get you there. And uh, yeah, amazing stuff. Okay, I got I to gotta get my head back. Um, thanks for putting up with that and listening. Um, yeah, what's your story? You know, who, what's the thing that's going on in your life that you need to or want to or don't want to face? And I guess, you know, what I hear sometimes when I'm 
you know, in a, in a place to hear God, you know, I'll hear him say to me, it's all under plan. I've got this on. I got it. Um, Montana Coiner, I'd love to sit down and chat with you. Um, no, I know what you mean. I, I not rock. You know, it's MT Coiner just gave me a new name. A guy over here in town said he just uh, gave me a new name. I'm rock dancer. But you know what? Maybe that's really where God's going is we're going to become a rock um, rather than a pebble. <laughs> but Coiner, my email is rick at rickdancer.com if you want to get a hold of me. Um, I can also, and then I could get you my phone number and all that kind of stuff. Um, cause yeah, I'd love to talk with you. All right. You guys over on Instagram, thank you for, you know, all you do and your patronage and all that kind of stuff. Um, also look at our sponsors. Um, I'm not going to sit here and mention them to you, but, um, because I do that on our shows, they're great people and that's how we do business. They pay me, um, and, and I push their names out there. So whatever you can do to help them, if you're in Eugene Springfield or here in Montana, we have people as well. All right. Have a great evening. We'll see you later for the next show. <laughs> Good night.